Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Gordon and alongside my brother Neil, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday, we will aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore anything and everything that interests us. Welcome to the Developing Dads podcast, episode number 86 on this lovely Sunday evening. Short notice as usual, hope to get this out tomorrow morning, but we've made time. We're, we're here now to discuss things that we're getting up to in our 30s and just everything that seems to be about surviving. And I, I definitely echo Gordon's sentiment when he's like, yeah, the 30s just seem to be getting through stuff riding the roller coaster of life, early kids, new relationships, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we're going to delve into that. Um, like we always do on this podcast, we're going to ask how each other are. I, um, I've been away, but I won't get into that yet. I will ask Gordon first. Gordon, how's your week been? It's been over a week since we last spoke. How are you doing? Give me some highlights, um, give me some lowlights. Uh, busy, I think is is that a highlight or is that a low light? I have no idea. Um, yeah, kind of just like just just in the thick of it, really. Like I don't know where the time goes. I don't know how we're on Sunday. I don't know how they're halfway through August. I don't know what's going on. I'm still winging it. No idea. But it, it yeah, it's kind of like this hard. It's this really torn thing between I get a Monday with Olivia. That's like our day together, right? No dads get, like, I don't know any other dad in my, in my circle of dad people. Dad people, dad men, that, uh, that get like a day off with a kid, right? Every week. I'm in that camp. I get Fridays. Sure. Okay. You're the only other person. And yeah, but, but then like when I say literally like Rebecca's maybe doing something, but she'd still be in the house yeah true so it's like it's just me and there's like always this torn thing on a monday where i'm like i've got work to do (laughs) and then i have to remind myself like the thing that you know the five things that people remember when their deathbed one of them spend more time with their family yeah it's basically it right so will i regret not not pursuing that time and not uh, engaging in that or you know what's the yeah exactly so like on a Monday I'm always torn I'm like I've got stuff to do so tomorrow I've got stuff to do work to get on with and then the feel the pressures of that because people are expecting the work to be done or not necessarily expecting it but you know waiting for it so I guess I kind of balance that aspect of things um, but apart from that this week's kind of just been working Neil to be honest I went and played golf on uh, on Tuesday night golf wow yeah, I'm getting. I used to be into now, that when you're when you're like a teenager. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I was into it a bit. So, kind of getting back into it, I guess. I uh, I do enjoy. I like playing golf. I played. I played. We played six holes. We didn't play many because it was kind of fading light kind of stuff. But it was nice. It was good. Good to get out. It's like one of those nice ways that you know. This this podcast is an example of it. But most of the time, when you go out with your mates, you'll go for a beer. Yeah, that's not like. Is that really the healthiest thing we could be doing? <laughs> Yeah, and actually going to play golf is just like going for a mental health walk. Yeah, you're in nature. But you just stop every so often and hit a ball. Yeah, and then chat, chat shit. 
Yeah, exactly. So I was out with Harry on, I think we're going to go and play again on Wednesday. So it might become a, a reasonably regular thing. And I borrowed David's, my father-in-law's uh, clubs. So um, I lost three balls in six holes. So I don't know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> I've never played but golf, I, so I don't know. I definitely hit the fairway twice off a drive, which felt pretty good. And I definitely at least three putted or had a limit of three putts on every single green. So that's not too bad, I guess. And then went out with a friend who just got back from traveling. He's come back from, this kind of ties into the theme of the podcast, to be honest. He's just come back from, uh, from traveling for a whole year. Wow. So he had lots of stories to tell and lots of experiences and stuff. But equally in the wake of it, he's like, but I'm 30 now. What the hell am I going to do? You know, all my peers, all my friends, they're all moving on. They've got kids, they've got families, they've bought somewhere. They're, you know, living their lives, doing their thing. And he's like, yeah, but he's married. He's got a wife, but he doesn't own a property. He doesn't kind of have a kid, all that kind of stuff. So he feels like he's got this gap between like some of his friends and what he's doing. So that's an interesting conversation. Then I was having the same conversation when I was playing golf, that kind of thing where it's like, you know, I feel ready. Don't feel ready for the next, next baby. I've already got one. So what do we do? How do we do it? Do I want to do it? All these kind of conversations. And it's just like, the 30s are just a struggle, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're, they're just, you know, pebbled with lots of different things from more debt. Like it's the most debt. I've, I've, I've never had so much debt in my entire life. Yeah. Um, your health is less because you just don't have the time to really do it that often. And the motivation is less as well because you've bagged the bird. <laughs> yeah. Right? You also don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks or what they're doing. Right? So you're not like, you're not going to the gym to impress anybody because you're like, I don't give, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in this limbo land of like health and vanity, but then you still look at yourself and you go... Ah, that belly button's getting a little bit lost in the layers of the <laughs> ring, the, the, the chubbers. So there's a bit of that. And we just kind of had lots of this conversation. I was just kind of pondering it. So I thought it was kind of an interesting conversation, given, given you went and did it the other way around, where you had a kid when you were about 12, and then... 23, if you're a new listener. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then, yeah, so that was kind of it. But then the rest of the week, really, to be honest, uh, just fine. Oh, no, Olivia's actually, birthday. no, yeah, that's bollocks. <laughs> I had a had a great week. So yeah, it was Olivia turned two on Friday, which feels like a. I don't, I don't think I felt emotional about it. Laura definitely felt emotional about it. She kind of felt like you know time's obviously passing. I, yeah, now I'm kind of like if we have another one, I'm like Jesus, we're gonna have like a three year old maybe, and a baby. Yeah, how the hell are we gonna do that? So. I had a bit of that kind of feeling. But yeah, it's it just, I don't know, she's a great kid. So we just did some casual, went to a, f- a f- <laughs> this is weird, Neil, because we grew up on a farm, but city you're kids not paying for, go you're not pay, to- You're not paying for a farm. Yeah, you, you're paying to go and see a goat. <laughs> Give <laughs> it some food. <laughs> and, a, and a duck. Apparently there's ducks that don't that don't uh, fly. They're called runner ducks. Have you seen them? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, they're called runner ducks. Like They're, they're like comedy ducks. <laughs> where they're just really tall, long necks and they can't actually fly. They just run. That's all they do. So uh, I went to go and see them and it was just kind of funny because we grew up in a farm, right? So it's kind of like, what do you mean you pay 15 quid to go and walk around and look at a pig uh, and feed the pig 
and then you know yeah. look at chicks and stuff so. wait till you get into the pumpkin picking just basically you pay i can't remember how much it was but you pay to go into a field where somebody's gone to tesco and bought 100 pumpkins and stuck them in a field with some hay around them and that's the thing you do now to, to go and pick them well it's a bit like the lavender fields have you seen that no oh yeah have yeah it was instagram yeah get the pictures so kind of you know it's interesting. So we did that on the Saturday, but it was nice because it's just a family day out, right? Just going to chill out and hang out together. Did some pancakes in the morning, did some pizzas in the evening. And then today was actually a lovely day. Today was really nice. It was kind of slightly spontaneous. We went shopping um, into London. So we went on Oxford Street and got a few bits because I, I haven't been shopping for a while. I also got a massive HMRC tax rebate. So spending some okay. of that. So then, um, but she's just great. Like, she's such a great kid. Even today, it was kind of such a pleasure to go out with her because she doesn't piss and moan. She's not crying all the time. She's very content, very happy. Says hello to everybody. Um, sleeps in her, her uh, buggy really easily for like a good hour and a half, you know. So it was just, it was great. So we've had just nice. kind of a nice, wholesome family weekend, I guess. And that's my week, if I'm honest. Um, that's it. Lovely. That's all I've got now. Sounds nice. Busy, but nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you be doing? My week. I'm drinking alcohol. Drinking alcohol in lots of distilleries and white sandy beaches. Um, I went to Isla, it's pronounced. I always pronounced it Isla before I went to Ireland and got um, told off by the locals. It's a it's a um, island off the west coast of Scotland, two and a half, three hours on a ferry um, from kind of near Glasgow. And yeah, it's kind of on the North Atlantic coast, which is pretty pretty phenomenal. I've never seen beaches like it. I've been to the Caribbean. I've been to Mexico. Seen pretty nice beaches, but I'd say Isla beaches were pretty up there with some of the nicest. Um, went to lots of distilleries, went drank lots of whiskey, spent time with the kids, saw amazing sunsets. Yeah, it was just a, a really wholesome weekend. And we kind of, it, it solidifies the reason we like camping because you get to know other families really well. You make friends. They, like we met a, a family from Maine, over in America, they came over and were camping and got chatting with them. The kids made friends with them. So yeah, just lots of socialising, lots of drinking alcohol, going out, kids up late to like half 10, 11 at night, just having a great time. Yeah. And like, there was the odd moans and like, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, but most of it was, was great. So that was most of my week. And then we came home on the Thursday um, late, like it's an eight hour round trip. So door to door to get to the island, it's eight hours. So long, long old day to get home. But, and that's kind of mixed up with obviously the ferry, which kind of breaks up the time for the kids because there's a bar, restaurant, cafe, lounge area on the ferry. It's pretty big. 150 cars go on it, just to give you the scale. Um, wow. Yeah, so got back. Boys had their last day of nursery ever on Friday, which... Yeah, I was pretty emotional, I think, because it's just the end of a chapter, like a big chapter in my life where now I don't have any kids in nursery and a big chapter in their life when they're going to be going to school on Wednesday, which is just mad. Like, just think that I've got three kids now. Gordon mentioned that I had kids young, 23. I've got three kids. I'm only 32. 32? <laughs> Voice hasn't broken yet. Yeah, only 32 and all my kids are now in in school, which mad so today was a nice day we kind of went i took the kids swimming um 
with a few friends and then we went to a park and then we went to like a big shopping mall place for school bags and pencil cases and stuff like that and spending a fortune but I got a nice pair of casual Nike shoes for myself like kind of not runner run, running ones just kind of casual ones which is quite cool and yeah treat the kids to a McDonald's to top it off I'm sat here now on a Sunday night drinking Bowmore whiskey from Isla um, one of my favorite, and I didn't didn't realize this. Well, I've been to a few distilleries now in mainland Scotland, but in the Islace distilleries, you get free free whiskey. So I was trying some expensive stuff, like proper expensive nope. whiskey. Well, then you got free whiskey. Free, yeah. So you can obviously pay for the tour. I didn't do any tours because I've done them. Every, I went into four distilleries, and every distillery there's a menu you can just choose. Get twenty five mil nips from them. You can only have one of each. But um, yeah, I don't know. How many nips are there? Yeah, no. Well, the menu wasn't that vast. I mean, there's maybe five or six you could choose from. But yeah, some of them were like 25 year old. So it was great. Yeah, and the, the distilleries there are like five star hotels when you walk in. I sent Gordon a video of the Kulila one where it's just like sea views. Kulila. Kulila, that's it. Um, so yeah, I'd highly recommend going. And there's some rich people. So there's an airstrip there. We drove past it and there's private jets. And apparently they just come for the day to do a few whiskey tours and then fly off again. So that's, that's the, that's the podcast we're aiming for, Neil. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, I'm, we're just, I'm sitting here drinking a lovely whiskey and going back to work tomorrow. Wait, have you had another, like, you just seem to permanently be on holiday. <laughs> is this just another holiday? <laughs> is that, is that what you had? So uh, yeah, it's another, yeah I, was, I was off a week and with my work, we get unlimited holidays. So, people are counting, but like a lot of my friends have like twenty five days of the year they can take off flexible. But um, yeah, I, I think this year I'll probably have taken off thirty five to forty by the end of the year. Can you? <laughs> as long as the work gets done, Gordon. Well, yeah. I mean, if that's the weird thing about suggesting that you've got unlimited holidays, it's it's utter bollocks, isn't it? Really, it's not. It's like, yeah, yeah. And actually, people, when you introduce it, people actually take less holidays apparently than the actual amount that they've been allocated. There's definitely a stigma to it. There's definitely like, I don't know. When at first it was introduced last year, and it was like, I know I've got 25 days to spend how I want, so I'm just going to book how I want. Now it's unlimited. It's like, oh, I feel. I mean, I've taken three weeks off this summer. Which is quite a lot. Like the kids are only off for six weeks, so I was off. I was off the half the time, which is phenomenal. And I know it's probably not going to last. Like I want to stay in this company as long as I can, but yeah, these these things will change, and in a few years' time, it won't be as nice. And yeah, we'll see. But anyway, I'm I'm feeling good. All right, feeling good. I'm delighted for you, Neil. Excellent with your, you know, seventeen weeks off a year. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> so. To, you're, what are you now, 32? 32. So, how, you're only two years in, I guess, but to be fair though, you probably had your midlife crisis about 27. Yeah, if we're talking like, I, I realise what you're going through and you described it earlier in the podcast, I reckon I reached that when I was like 25, 26. Um, Excellent. What, what, <laughs> what a great life. <laughs> but now, now I'm flying. <laughs> um yeah, now I'm flying, but yeah, that, that kind of time period of like just surviving, you don't know what the next kind of month will look like. Finances are a bit astray, as you say, more debt, 
buying your houses, moving, like we moved down to Edinburgh, blah, blah. So all that was just like chaos and riding the storm or riding the seasons, so to speak. But now I feel like I'm coming out of that kind of seven, eight year period. My kids are growing up, they're going to school, they're more self-sufficient. Like we can sit at a restaurant and all three of them can go to the toilet themselves. I don't need to worry. I don't need to get up and make my dinner go cold and... Yeah, you're so. really selling. You're really selling the dad life to the to the <laughs> prospective dads out there. Where you're like, you know, you you get over a hump, right? You get over the depression. You'll get over the suicidal <laughs> thoughts. You'll get over the uh, financial crippling debt that you'll get into. And then one day you'll be sat around a table uh, at a restaurant with all your kids, and they're going to go to the toilet themselves. <laughs> Clip that. That is that is Neil Greenhorn. Neil Greenhorn's life advice, 2023. You can get through it. And here's how you know you've got through it. <laughs> kids go to the toilet themselves. The kids can take a shit on their own. <laughs> there's no nappies, there's no wiping arses. You can enjoy your yeah. hot, hot meal. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 a, it's wild. Like, it's just so, somehow, <clears throat> somehow, like, to be honest, like, I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> this sounds ridiculous, but I don't know how you have two, you would ever have two kids in nursery like full time and you both parents holding down a job and still being able to be the parents that you always wish for and are told to by all yeah. the self-development books and the health self-help books and all the Instagram posts and all this kind of stuff and then live in the big shiny house and then still like each other as a couple and then still <laughs> see your mates and then still go to the gym and lower your cholesterol levels and all of the other things that go along with it right it's kind of I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm I'm in a pit of depression or sadness or it but you know there's times where i'm just a little bit less happy about the situation <laughs> but then equally the situation is my choice but you, you, i think you get what i mean like anybody in their 30s listening to this any you know 35 36 year old man who's listening to this conversation and they've got a kid or two and they've got a house and they've got a job and everything they have to hold down it's kind of it's just a bit mental yeah i i definitely i agree with that and Although now the thing, the thing with it, Neil, is it doesn't it doesn't just go from like zero to one and then zero to two and then zero to three. It goes like zero to five thousand in the space of about two years. Yeah, yeah. Because if like I remember doing the the um, neonato classes, the whole uh, sort of baby and bump thing, and like basically every single person there was having the kid for the first time. That's basically why you're there, right? So you've got that bit. Most of them are in their sort of early to mid thirties. Everyone's just bought a house and they're renovating it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. everyone's just done the same thing. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of, I don't know, script people must follow. Be, must have been weird you, you rocking up because you were about 12, still sort of. Uh... <laughs> I mean, Aberdeen, Aberdeen neonatal classes, there are, there's some quite rough, rough, rough people there, which are probably 16, 17 year olds. Um, didn't, I didn't feel that young. At your neonatal class, you had 16 year olds? Yeah, there was, there was a. I'm sure that my goodness, sixteen or seventeen couple. I don't know if they're probably not married. <laughs> Wild, but yeah, tra right. full tracksuits on and Nike ears and yeah, just so yeah, it definitely wasn't the youngest, but um, I was I was definitely my first the first person in my friend circle and like my my social circle like work and stuff to have kids and. I think that that was quite hard because I didn't have anybody to rely on, didn't have anybody to talk to, didn't have like people to to get me through it. And we've we've talked about this lots in a pod, podcast where it's like when the first kid comes, it's very mum centric. Mum gets all the support, mum gets all the 
attention. So yeah, that, that was that was tough, and I got through it. There's episodes on that, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm I'm out that now. And I mean, I think I'm still probably a little bit in it in terms of things are still like up in the air with Rebecca and her career and what her finances look like in six months time. And we want to do stuff to the house. Haven't had a chance yet to be move house. Like there's probably still some big decisions that we need to make. But that's all, that's all crap as well, isn't it? Like I don't want to make those decisions. Can, yeah, you, yeah. You know, can just someone else do it for me? <laughs> I know. I know. You know, do I, cause I, I can see now why you had these wild ideas about going living off the grid and uh, building a shipping container and then, you know, yeah. just self-farming and getting a goat and stuff like that. I went through that kind of stage, didn't I? Yeah. You did? Because you were like, I'm sick of this. I'm I'm just going to go and move in a deserted island and just fuck everybody else. <laughs> That's basically what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because and... it, 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 it is. It's kind of like, um, yeah, I, I, get, I definitely go through those two types of feelings about the whole the whole dad and parent thing and just adulting in general, to be honest, it's a bit like you're in this kind of like limbo between you think that your early twenties and your twenties were easy, which I'm sure they had their own struggles. And then you look at your own situation and you're like, Oh God, I just, you know, can I just like chill out at the weekend and go out and have brunch with my mates and <laughs> have some pints and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. But then you're like, well, no, because then all your mates have got kids and <laughs> what the hell would you do? Because I know people are in their forties and they don't have kids and they're not committed, if you will, in terms of like a relationship and stuff. And all they do is just go for like brunch with parents who are married, like parents yeah. and kids who are married yeah. and they, they're called auntie or uncle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I do like, I know a couple of people that they're going to their late forties, early fifties, haven't met somebody yet. They're they've gone through various relationships. Um but they're desperate to settle down. And I feel sorry for those people. Like they've, they've done cool stuff in their life. Like one's lived in Australia for, for years and years and stuff, but they've just gone through relationships and never, never managed to settle down. And now they're getting to the point where we're, they're going back to the, like, they come, come around to us and they see our kind of wholesome family and the kids are getting ready for bed and stuff. And they're going home to their own, own house, empty house and stuff. And it does affect them. Like it does kind of, and I feel, I feel for them. I feel for the people that are like that. But then on the flip side, I'm like, you've got it easy. <laughs> <laughs> All that money. You so much money, so much time. It is, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of a funny one. I think, you know, it's like, if, if you, what was the thing? If you're 51%, you want to have kids and 49%, you don't want to have kids. You're going to regret not having kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you got to be a pretty, pretty hardcore person to, to, to reject the idea of children because it, you know if, if you think about it it can't be that bad if so many people have had children yeah it can't be that bad just we just stop having kids right it would just be that'd be it be over um and quite frankly it's probably much better than it's ever been because women don't die during childbirth like they used to yeah and we have screens at our disposable disposable oh, if God. you want five minutes of Peter Rabbit was on this afternoon when we're coming home on the train. I can tell you right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, I, I, I guess it just sounds like a moaning and I don't really have any, I don't have like a huge amount of solution. There's not, this isn't like a tips thing. I'm just kind of expressing a feeling of like what the thirties are and. Yeah. Yeah. But I think knowing my social circle, I think it will, it's going to resonate with a few people that I know listen to it. Um, and 
yeah, they'll definitely, we, we've sat in the pub and, and moaned and been like, what are we doing with our lives? And yeah, this, this roller coaster of 30s. And does it, do we see light at the end of the tunnel? Like when, when we hit 40, I'll be slightly, slightly younger, but yeah, if you, when you're 40, how old will Olivia be? Olivia would be. I do, I, I do think that men probably have a, like, m- because it can't, I don't, I don't, I'm just kind of expressing an idea here, just putting it out there, just an idea. But it's like men, men typically just try and be useful, capable, and powerful by going to work. Yeah. So you just keep doing the work thing. Like the kid, the kids aren't their lives, right? Yeah. They're a nice addition. It's a nice kind of like little hug when you come home and a nice daddy, yeah, kind of thing. It's lovely, really nice. But we still got work, so work kind of like dominates that side of it. Whereas lots of women who have children, or wives that have children, or partners, they probably give up some period of time at work, so the kids become their life, right? For for a period of that. So I'd be curious, like after the thirties, because men have had something that can continue until you're like seventy if you want to, whereas your kids bugger off like when they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty, right? Probably not our kids, Neil. They're probably going to live in at home until they're about 46 <laughs> based on current house prices and mortgage rates. So, yeah. um, but you see, what, you see what I mean? So I wonder if women like kind of feel like we feel like now. And then we feel, all right, once the kids have flown the nest because we've still got like work and ambition and drive and whatever else. But then because the kids have gone, it's not their life anymore. They maybe slot into it. I, d- I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, th- I think yeah, there, there is something with the women and I definitely, like with Rebecca. Women. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not, we're not suggesting that like a collective deal, you know, just no. like the women. <laughs> <laughs> but just speaking of experience, like Rebecca is going to be going into a new chapter of her life and getting a career and stuff. She's been kind of a mum. She's still going to be a mum, but she's been a stay at home mum for eight, nine, almost nine years. And that's going to be daunting for her, but I think it's going to give her more purpose, going to give her more responsibility, just a sense of... More responsibility than having children. Well, that's not the right word. It kind of no, is. I'm, that's why I'm calling you on it. No, it's not the right word. <laughs> Outside of, of the family kind of network, she's going to have an external responsibility that I think will be good for her, is what I'm trying to get at. And yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. But yeah, but it, but it is. That's why I think, like, I've spoken to Laura about it to some extent. Is that the kids will forget about you? Yeah, <laughs> like they are, they are, and you'll see them maybe once a month, maybe every six months, right? When they when they get old, unless you live like right next to them, where we bother David and Denise probably every <laughs> like we probably see them two or three times a week at the moment. But that's not that's not wholly that's not that common uh, to live so close to obviously parents and stuff. So it, there's kind of a point where you, you've got to, if, if, you, if Laura keeps working, keeps building on her career, even if she goes part-time, for example, then she has something that's outside of yeah. children, right? Yeah. And you can, still, you can still maintain a good, if you've got a good work relationship, then I think you can still maintain a good sort of parent relationship aspect of things. I, I certainly think so anyway. Um, one, of the, one of the bigger ones that I found certainly during the 30s is like this whole, the whole health thing. It feels so much more of a struggle 
And I don't know why. Like, I'm fucking, I used to be a personal trainer. Like, I used, did it for 10 years, 12 years. I'm a two time <laughs> Mr. Scotland. I have competed in the world championships in powerlifting. Here's your right? face. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it. You but that's the point. Like, it should be easy, right? Yeah. But I think you're, you're giving yourself a disservice thinking that. What do you mean? Well, I, I, I don't think it should. It's never going to be easy getting back into where you were. So I think saying, saying it's going to be easy will set, you, set, set yourself up to fail. Sure, sure. But it's like that's like saying to someone who's a joiner or a carpenter who has all the skills and tools to be able to build a bench and then just stomping their feet and going, hey, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, it's a shit. Oh, I've done it for a while. Oh. Nah, they can still build a, build a bench, can't they? True. Like, so, yeah, the whole health thing's kind of weird because it's like, because what I've seen now is like, it's certainly in my 30s, is is this internal struggle of if I'm not spending my time, the limited time that I have with my kid or my wife, it better be better than that. Yeah. Right. So if I've got to go to work, it's got to pay a lot or it's got to be satisfying in terms of my portfolio and, and professional sort of work. So then something like the gym you know, it feels, I feel guilty because if I leave Laura, then it's kind of like, I'm not taking some of the burden of parenthood. Then equally, I'm like, I'm not spending as much time with Olivia because it's like, a, it's a good hour and a half, isn't it really? If you go in, if you go in the gym. So part of that, and that's a bit of an excuse, but part of that is kind of it. Like, do you feel that when, you know, if, because if, there was a guy I, was, I saw a couple of weeks ago, he's training for an Ironman and he'll spend like four hours at the house. Yeah. And he's like, I just feel so guilty because I'm doing this stupid thing I've said I was going to do. And he, has he got kids? Is he a family man? Yeah, yeah. He's got three. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of started my running journey during COVID, like really properly going after it, a few marathons, blah, blah. And that was easy because everything was closed. Life was kind of locked down. You could go out for your run and we gave each other time. But now, I don't know why I'm struggling so much, but yeah, like going back into kind of working and post-COVID and stuff, it's hard to keep up that kind of, I don't know, ideally 20, 30 miles a week. Um, and yeah, the, the period of like, it is, I feel, do feel guilty. I can't really get up early anymore because the boys seem to wake up as soon as the floor creaks. So like five in the morning, it's like, oh, it's time to get up. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do know what you mean. And I have been getting out my runs, I'd say two or three a week recently but it's just peaks and troughs. It's definitely not, not, not to where it was during COVID because that felt easy. And then it's also, you know, the whole health thing is so, you know, fluid. You know, it's kind of, I'm 36 and I'm like, I'm doing this because when I'm 80, <laughs> I want to be able to climb a tree. Yeah. Like I've not even lived for 40 years. So... <laughs> That, I find that a bit hard because it's kind of easy to do if you're doing it because you want to like have a better, like bigger arms or stronger than everybody else or whatever else. But then, you know, deep down, deep down now, you realize that's just a whole lot of horse shit. Nobody cares. Actually, it's about the size of your house and the watch you've got on your wrist. There's a thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but it's kind of, that's, that's part, like, that's part of what it was when you were in your twenties. But now it's, it, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it, it is Everybody's like that, that, that long game you need to get into your head of like, I'm doing this for the grandkids. I'm doing this to hopefully live, live a few years longer. And a diet, like I wouldn't necessarily say exercise is hard for me. Diet seems to be the hardest one. 
of like it's easy to eat out or go into the kitchen get food or eat what the kids have left or yeah. oh, that's a shocker isn't it like <laughs> olivia's olivia's had a nice cheese toasty that i've done on the uh, pans a bit of butter on either side you know it's lovely put it together and maybe she has a bit of pasta then there's maybe a bit of like fruit and whatever else that comes with it and i'm like she doesn't eat all obviously and i'll just eat it it's probably 500 calories <laughs> yes. no bother yeah. i do that times three multiple times a day yeah oh, i can't waste it <laughs> like i'm the labrador of the family yeah yeah chicken nuggets fish fingers yeah leftover macaroni easy so yeah, that, yeah. That, that's hard like just having the willpower to don't, don't put that in the bin i'll put it in my mouth instead it's tough you do that a lot do you look I at do. the bin and go no i'm not gonna put that in the bin i'll put it in my mouth <laughs> yeah yeah and then i could have but, my, but, my dinner <laughs> yeah it, it, it's all that right um it's and that's quite a hard thing to get over because again you don't want to waste it because you've just spent your whole post-tax <laughs> salary on trying to feed the three of them and then they're not eating the thing you made for them which is uh, always fun but yeah I, I just feel like i get like that and i want i want it to be better and I, i'm determined to make it better at some point but it's just always a time where it's like oh olivia's up at six i'm knackered so can't be bothered or works busy goes, like, filming or yeah, or she goes down for like she goes down for a nap for an hour and a half, and I'd I'd rather do nothing. <laughs> like I'm gen- I'd genuinely rather just sit and just fucking do absolutely nothing. Yeah, but and then, but then you've got the house when like, I should be exercising. There's housework. There's washing. There's dishes. Yeah, it's just there's yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just it's it's a it's a wild a wild time. Um, the other the other one that I was kind of talking about and I was interested in is the whole less friends thing. Like you just don't have time for it. Like again, yeah. you you kind of you're juggling this act your entire your entire time where your work thing's important because that's the thing that feeds all these critters, and then the second thing is like spending time with your wife. That's like the number one outside of your kids' relationship. It's pretty much is your number one relationship. And then it's like right now I've got to fit in time with other men. Yeah, I just have male friends, other men who are in the same situation. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to coordinate your diary, right? W- w- with your wife and the friends and their friends' wives, and yeah, how'd you do it? Mad. And I, are you surprised? You know, when when you, when you think when when Chris Williamson goes on his podcast and talks about how you know was it over like just under fifty percent of men don't have any friends? Yeah, are, are you surprised when you when you do that when you're like? trying to hold down my marriage i'm trying to make sure my boss doesn't fire me I don't want my kid to hate me and not ever see me again and then now i've got to maintain multiple like three four five six relationships all at once every yeah. week every month every year it's, it's definitely a, a time suck and i, I would feel like I, I went through a stage of when i moved down here mainly of like not having many friends i feel like i'm getting out of that quite nicely oh, he he's yeah. back on that he's back on that run he's like i'm <laughs> in my 40s himself. now i'm only 32 <laughs> but i'm in my 40s now so life's easy isn't it i've um yeah I've, I've got a nice social circle i feel but definitely a few years ago i did not and it, it, it is hard i don't know I don't, is there any solutions to it i guess one of the things i realized is stop investing in time with people that you don't really like 
<laughs> which is a massive one because you can find people you get on really well with and can have heart to hearts too. But the people that are just there for a beer. So, so, but then some, but the thing is with some of them, some of them, some of your friends have been there for a long time. So there's like t- sunk, uh, sunk cost fallacy thing, but some of them are so far from your current situation. They just can't relate. Yeah. 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 They just don't relate and they don't understand. And part of your friend, like part of your friend circle is about the ability to like offload shit. And, and for them, for them to, to like, resonate or... Yeah, resonate or at least be like, oh, yeah, we went through that. This is what we tried. Yeah. But if your mate is still unmarried, doesn't have a kid, loves cocaine at the weekends and drinks too much, you're like, <laughs> so I, don't think I, wake up on, I don't think I can wake up on a Tuesday morning with a hangover. It's not, <laughs> not good. <laughs> no. no. So, so part of me thinks that you just got to let them move on, right? And just kind of, they, they, they're just no longer your best mates. Like they just, unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. And I don't think I've had that issue because most of my friends that I, I'm close with have kind of gone down that route. You know, they've got the kid, they've uh, either got married or divorced or broken up or then got another kid or something, kid going away or whatever else. So part of me feels like this, it's kind of, there's relatability and stuff there. So I don't feel too bad about it. And I think I've done okay at maintaining sort of friend relationships, I think. Yeah. But the main thing I've, but the main thing I've done actually is, and uh, Laura's, fair, Laura's definitely fair about this. It's kind of like, there's, there's always the organizer in a group. Yeah. And someone's just got to be that. Yeah. Like, I, I, what I, do you I, want? You, you know, like there's, there's friends of mine that we play poker every so often. And I do actually think we're only friends because I pushed and prodded us quite a lot. <laughs> uh, certainly in the early days to like go for, go, go and play poker. And now we're, now we're definitely like we're regularly in touch when once a week or once every couple of weeks, we'll drop a WhatsApp message in. We organize, like we're all kind of pushing each other to organize some things, but it just takes, it definitely takes one person. And you, if you're in that rut of like just having a kid or you're just kind of going down the route of all that stuff, you should just reach out to your mates and be like, fancy going out for a beer. Yeah. Especially the ones that, yeah. that are probably relatable and understand your situation and can add to it and make you feel better about it and yada, yada. Yeah, and I think location helps a lot as well. So if you're if you're close by to, to the friends you make, then it's very easy to. I mean, there's been times where I've I've text um, dads near here and said, "Do you want to go for a pint, or do you want to come over? Rebecca's out," and they just like they walk over literally five minutes, nip into Tesco, get a few beers, and that that's massive, and that just makes that relationship a bit, bit more solid and a bit, yeah. A bit stronger. It's funny how that tribe thing works, right? How we used to be when we were yeah. like men. We'd live within walking <laughs> distance of each other because that was safer. Yeah, and it's kind of especially my my circle now. Um, it's coming back to me where I've got two or three that can walk to my house. <laughs> because now, to. now if if I have a friend who lives more than half an hour away, even that, even then, more than half an hour away, like I ain't going to see them. Yeah, yeah. Unless maybe, it's maybe a, once a month, like, once a quarter. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it is. But that's how it works. Like I have got friends who live, like I've got Johnny, who he lives north of the river. Like up by T- T- Tottenham Way or something or wherever it is, Warren Walthamstow or something, I don't know. <laughs> but that takes me a good hour to get there if I want to go there. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a pretty trip. So it, that's where I think, it's certainly in your 30s, or I've certainly realised, you, you actually become much more insular. Like there's much more of like a, 
you just kind of encapsulate yourself into this little kind of like circle of people that you you literally can walk out your front door and just you know do the dominoes kind of <laughs> and then they all they all come running <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know and that's that, and i think that's that's kind of important like you if if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna survive through this kind of like 30s thing of all this kind of pressure shit that comes along when as a dad trying to be all things it does just make it easier when someone lives next door or someone you know yeah. you get along with them and you like them and they're they're all right i think i i noticed when i started inviting people around like friends around from school and i'd kind of speak to their parents at the door or i'd see the parents again in the school kind of pick up bit you start building relationships like that and i think a few of my friends that I've, I've definitely come from just their kids coming around to play and me socializing with them at the front door and then I say oh do you want to come around for a barbecue or whatever and i kind of blossomed through that so i think definitely in the early years of kids so maybe they kind of one, two, three-year-olds where they're not really inviting friends around. Maybe four, they're not really inviting friends around. They're not really having that social circle. But when they do, then it's an opportunity for dads, mums to make more friends. So what you're saying is you should have Tinder, but for, for dads. <laughs> like it's not the grinder version, but it's like, you know, it's like the dad, Best the dad version. hookup. Yeah, it's like, what kind, of, what kind of vicinity does he live in? You know, what... <laughs> What kind of interests are they? What age? What age kind of bracket? And then you could just swipe left or right depending on you know maybe, maybe whether they look like we a need to, need to build maybe um, how to meet other men friends <laughs> friends yeah just definitely friends uh, another one was the kind of the sleep stuff I always quite find it find quite interesting like time and sleep just the just basically, you basically what you do is you, you you pile up time and sleep into this nice little kind of bonfire pile. Then what you do is you throw petrol on it and then you set it alight <laughs> and then you never see it again for, for at least a, a good while. Unless, you know, we've got wonderful in-laws who pick up Olivia, you know, they'll take her for two nights so we get a lie-in for two mornings and then we do a swap. So somewhat works. But then, I mean, that's, you know, that, when you, that, that is lucky. That is mad. Oh, it's not lucky. I've, I, I bought a house right next to them, right? I had to afford it. Okay, well, fact, first of all, the fact your mother-in-law's not working and yada yada yada. Happy to do it, I guess. It's pretty exactly. That that's lucky. That's a lucky bit. Yeah. But yeah, um, so that bit, yeah, those, those kind of things. Um, just yeah, your time and sleep gets set alight. So, so I think my only tip there is basically just move next door to your in-laws. Uh, and if one of if one of your in-laws is not working, that's really helpful. And if they're up for looking after the kid, then you'll save your time and sleep thing at some point. Yeah. But if you don't, I think you're just screwed. <laughs> and I guess just be aware that I mean, we're acting like loads of people listen to this podcast. <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah, like it's a season and it'll pass when they get to teenage years or whatever. But other people go through it. And <laughs> Teenage years. I can't wait, Neil. That's going to be another <laughs> 10 years for me. As, as Gordon mentioned, um, thousands, millions, hundreds of millions of people have had kids before us. So it can't be that hard. And people have gone through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's someone, there's someone screaming at their, uh, at their earpods right now, just suggesting that we're, you know, we're dumbing down the how difficult and how hard uh, parenting is. We mentioned it was potentially getting easier because the likes of, I don't know, iPhones and quick screen time, blah, blah, blah. Do you think there's some aspects that are getting harder? Safety. Yeah. 
two parents Maybe. working. I think there's a bigger focus well, I'd, now. Yeah, I'd, not so much like, like just to safe because safety, like back in the day safety is, right, this is a knife. Right? Hold the knife this way. Right? Hold the scissors the other direction. So if 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 anyone dies, then it's you that dies, not the, you know. You see what I mean? Right? Those, those kind of things like hot pans, cars, roads, uh, that kind of stuff. And then at school, you'd only really get into a fight if you had a verbal altercation about something. Yeah. Right? And the organization of that fight would usually just be like, I'll see you after school. And then 20 kids would turn up and watch you have a fight. Now, on Oxford Street, they had to do a dispersion uh, order because like a thousand kids, 1500 kids would turn up on Oxford Street and just ran riot. Wow. So the police had to turn up and get rid of them. Jeez. Right? So I think the thing that's hard is the fact that they are private, unseen easily hidden dangers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, the way that, the way that people act now is that it's very different to tell someone to their face, they're, they're uh, a fat wanker, but it's very easy on Twitter to go, you're a fat wanker. Cause there's no, there's no recourse for it. Yeah. 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 That's right. So, and, I, and it still, but it still has the same effect. So I think um, that's something that's harder. It's definitely like the, the whole safety thing is being able to allow them space to do their own thing, which you would have done before. You just let them go at the house, right? You let them go and walk around and do what they think. But other part of it now is the online space. It's the internet. It's their ability to go yeah. play computer games and, you know, interact with people online and whatever else. And, and that's far more vast. happens. Yeah, far yeah, more vast far more than vast. just going out in the street and playing with your neighbours where you know their, their yeah. families and you know their kids. And and, if they come home and they've, you know, they're missing a couple of fingers and you're like, shit, they're not looking after themselves. It's not very safe, but you can't really do that if someone's hurt them feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I suppose they did that when they were, yeah. Anyway. It's definitely hard. And I, that, that always goes through my head. I mean, Isla's just growing up far too fast and I'm just dreading the time where she almost needs to go online because the social circles dictate it or whatever. But timing it takes dictates it and it's just set, setting herself up with a toolbox of things to survive that time in her life and because people can as you say people can be nasty online it's very easy to call somebody out or yeah i mean that's also if you think uh, i don't know whether i'm i'm happy that i'm an uh, old millennial in the sense that 1987 so it in effect meant that i know what cassette tapes looked like and vhs was and sega mega drives and time before no internet or mobile phones and all that kind of thing. But then I now I know the time of it being evolving. So then I've kind of grown up with it. So, but then the hard part is also like when you're in you know, the unknown of becoming a parent, especially most people becoming parents now, I think they're in the thirties. There's so much you can potentially read, which is either bollocks or it's actually helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, here's to, here's how to invest in crypto. I don't think I need that in my life. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't, like, that's another thing in your 30s. You can, you can basically have this like, unbelievable expanse of knowledge now, right? Because you can go and Google something or you can go and attempt something or buy something because it's on an app or whatever else. 
Whereas in my twenties, because that didn't really exist, I felt like I had like a, it's just a level of ignorance and bliss, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess the, the whole kind of money management thing comes back to, to the more debt thing you raised is it's so easy now to spend money. And it's so easy where you've got everything like, so boys have now got iPad things. I has got an iPad, like in-app purchases, like money, it's just a number. It can just like, they want a pack, a furniture pack for a game or whatever. And yeah, it's just f- f- fritters away. <laughs> you don't know where it goes. Cash, it's, it's gone. It just, it disappears. Yeah. I mean, Back I, when we I were don't kid, know how you bought a game and then you got a hundred levels and that was it. <laughs> yeah. There was in app subscriptions. Yeah. It's mad. Absolutely mad. Like even no, the, new, the new Super Mario, you buy it 50 quid, you got to pay for it and there's in app purchases. It's just like, I'm a bit terrified now. I don't, I, let's not do that. <laughs> let's just, let's just hide everything. Like computer, let's, actually Neil, you know what, you know what we should do? I'm just going to buy two shipping containers, uh, put them on a piece of land and I'm going to buy a goat and then maybe a couple of cows and a pig and then just grow turnips and carrots and then live off the land. Yeah, potatoes. You'll be sorry. And have a, have a solar plower. That's, that's what, and then drive a Tesla. That's it. <laughs> Actually, I won't have a car because then I'll, I'll bump into people if I do that. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds, that sounds appealing, doesn't it? Right now, like right now, just me and you, we'll just go and buy you know, buy a shipping container and live in the Isle of Sky. <laughs> right, just leave the kids on the road. Yeah. I mean, see when you go to like the, the, the island of Isla, it's just, there's only 3,000 people that live there and it's very, very, very remote, obviously, but just you see kids getting brought up there and it's like, there's probably, that they're far fewer... Um, what's the word? Far fewer things to influence them. Yeah, influences around things like I don't know. You you say that, but there are also few too little things to influence them. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's a catch to it too. There's there's both both sides of the coin. I I understand that it's good for and Rebecca and I talked about this. Is like, do we move to Sky or do we stay down here? I want to stay down here. But I have Sky as a felt a holy home because it's best of both worlds. Like I like to experience both the kind of social aspect of here and the tranquil aspect up there. But yeah, the things I don't know, social media, TikTok, Snapchat, all that stuff just terrifies me. I, I, I'm seeing like 13 year olds now vaping in the park. It's just like, I mean, you got taken home in a police car when you were about 12, so. <laughs> not sure not sure that, that you should be complaining about these kids vaping in the park yeah and I, I know I like, and I do I do look back on my childhood and even my education I'm like I was shit at school and I drank alcohol when I was I don't know 14, 15 years old and did all night parties and stuff at friends houses that's the thing like mum and dad don't listen to this podcast but you know they have no idea what we got up to <laughs> <laughs> no idea I know, and if you remember that, like, we survived. We're here to live, tell the tale. Yeah, and we're still still as fucked up as ever, so let's be honest. I mean, it's kind of like, they're just, they're, they're going to be going to therapists when they're 35, talking about us, Neil, because of how <laughs> shit parents we were. Yeah, yeah. You know, we think, we think we're doing our best, we're working hard, we're chipping away, just trying to, just trying to, you know, just be the best versions of our parenting selves we can be. And then they're going to go to a therapist when they're 35, 36 and tell the therapist how horrible, how, how neglected they felt because their dad didn't love them. Do you know I what I mean? I hope not. 
But maybe they will, Neil. Like because you know, the f- wisdom from a from so- someone someone close to me was that parents teach you how not to parent. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So you just, what you do, Neil? You just tell them that you were drinking at fourteen, and they'll be like, "Yeah, but I want to go drinking at 14. You go, "No, you're not allowed to drink at 14. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I listened to on at us, like McDonald's. She was like, "Can I get a diet coke?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> Why can't you get a diet coke?" I don't know. It just feels odd. Feels... If you got five guys, they do caffeine free diet coke. Oh, okay, yeah, ca- yeah, caffeine free would be better. Um, she's she's hyper anyway, but yeah, it's just the, the fizzy juice, the fizzy thing. I'm like, wow, you're getting that. Like, you're now aware of. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, so what you're saying is, Neil, that at the start of this podcast, you said you're coming out the other end of this 35-year-old <laughs> thing, but actually, you're just heading into the worst part where you're going to have a kid who's 10 and vaping in the park. <laughs> and we're going to have to have a podcast about that, are we? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe we should have a podcast about what we got up to when we were X years old. I'm not sure I want to talk about that. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll just I'll just keep that to myself or keep it off air to be quite frank yeah. you know so if, if Olivia and Isla and the boys are listening to this uh, sometime in the future um, your dad was drinking at 14 he's admitted it on the podcast I for one I didn't start drinking until I was at least 27 so <laughs> you've, you've got faith in that you can't talk to your therapist about me <laughs> Anyway, so we call it there for the podcast, Neil. Yeah, that was a good episode. Enjoyed that. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, everyone, the two and a half maybe listeners. I mean, last week's episode got got a decent amount of downloads. To start of the week. Um, you can find us on all usual platforms, social media platforms, and podcasts. We have an Instagram, which I have been actively posting reels, which I'm quite proud of myself for. You get us our podcast, Spotify. Leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Just if you're a, a guy in your thirties and life's a bit rocky, you're not alone. We're here for you. Anyway, thanks we're, for we're all we're all going through it, right? We're all just Winging doing it. what we're doing and no idea what to do. And when the hell do you have a second kid after having the first one? And you're like, I've actually got my mind back. And then suddenly I'm about, oh, you know what? I'm going to do it again. It sounds great. <laughs> and some people, some people do it four times. I know. I, I, like I'm, I'm, I've got a friend who's got five kids. Psychopath. To be fair, though, once they get to the, about the third, I think they start looking after each other. <laughs> so then, so then you can just go to Tenerife for a couple of weeks and come back, and they've just kind of set themselves up like Lord of the Flies. I mean, his oldest is starting uni, and his youngest is in P three. Great. So. so you just take the one from uni when they're finished. You're like, do you want free rent? Well, you got to look after all the other three kids, and we're <laughs> off to Magaluf. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> All right then. Well, thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye.